Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Afterwork Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello! Coming at you Hello. from 1am uh, in the morning in Los Angeles. I know, the LA to Sydney conversion time is so convenient for everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like no time works ever. Like, no. it's it's crazy. And it's funny because I was like, I'm going to be freelance, so I'll have like anytime you're free and then I realized that when Grace is home from work it's like 2am here yeah I don't understand how one place can be so inconvenient in terms of podcasting the time zone it's on it's crazy anyway how's LA it's a very celebrity weekend that we're recording on I feel like it's very LA we've got two huge weddings both in France (laughs) All the A-listers are out, yeah, both in front. Oh, actually, I was like, I don't have any funny stories from this week, but then I remembered that um, the other day I was walking along, like, getting a coffee from the shop up on the corner, and I, like, walked out, and then this girl was, like, walking along the street towards me with a guy, and I wasn't really watching them. I was talking to my flatmate, and I sort of, like, moved over as much as, like, I should have moved over in terms of, like, footpath etiquette, and then she kind of just didn't really move over and then banged into me and like bumped my shoulder and goes, and then goes, Oh fucking hell. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, what? You? and then I sort of like turned around and gave her a dirty look 
And then because I turned around to give her a dirty look, I realized that she'd like thrown her hoodie over her head and was sprinting towards her car because the paparazzi were chasing her. So Who that's, was it? So that's why she said, oh, fucking hell. Well, uh. I was just like, I didn't really look at her properly. And then they were like yelling and stuff. And, I saw, and it was this girl, Madison Beer, who mm. is a musician or something. Yeah, I feel like I've heard the name. I feel like she has some connection to Justin Bieber in yes, some way. Yes, me too. As they all do. <laughs> yes. There's like this nexus of celebrity and like Justin Bieber's one end and Leo's at the other and like every woman under 25 mm-hmm. has floated somewhere in between. Yes. I feel like I would never run away from the paparazzi if I was famous. Um, well, then like we were looking up photos of her from that day and it was her, but like earlier that day she'd been out and about looking cute and like really embracing the paparazzi life like she even bent down to pat a puppy yeah it was disgusting i was like you don't do that to every single dog you ever see like why are you doing it to one when there's paparazzi (laughs) surrounding you um but then i think when i caught her she was with a guy and i don't think she wanted to be photographed with him Uh, so they were like running away and the paparazzi is so crazy they hide in the cars around my street and they're have they taken any of you yet? It's like Isabel Truman spotted coming out of Pilates class. Yeah, and they're on um, walkie-talkies and they just like tell each other when there's someone close and then they all jump out of the cars. It is creepy that it's a bu- usually a bunch of 40-year-old men. Yeah, he was yelling at me. The guy was yelling at me. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, Every- get out the way. Like literally like everyone was yelling at me and then we like kept walking and this old woman goes, someone famous i was like no fucking shit norma <laughs> mm. someone famous that's hilarious okay well, that's pretty good what did you think of sophie and joe's wedding i haven't seen enough pictures but i think that's just because there is none everyone done well when we're at the time of recording they got married like a minute ago um, <laughs> one hour in france but her wedding dress is, like, super nice and traditional, which I didn't expect. Yeah, it's very conservative looking from above, isn't it? Yeah, from a drone perspective. From a drone from a drone's shot. <laughs> um, let me try and look again. Yeah, but I've seen another one where it looks like a sort of simple... Oh, the slip? Oh, it's before the wedding yeah. kind of, yeah, white slip dress. That's that was cute. like a dinner, I think, to welcome their guests and then for their... <laughs> rehearsal dinner they both wore like bright red and got all their guests to wear white which I'm not on board with and then yeah yeah, and then for this they look to go like super traditional like she's got a long white veil a really long dress white dress puffy yeah like the full bodice situation I'm Mm -hmm. sure it's beautiful once we see it up close I'm still intrigued by them as a couple I don't know why I just can't I think the Jonas Brothers, I think it's because we miss the Jonas Brothers is like a phenomenon. Like it's mm. not part of my childhood in any way. So mm. I'm kind of like, who are these people that everyone's just obsessed with? They're yeah. both dating like such different women, but they're both kind of amazing in their own way. Like the whole thing's just kind of crazy. Me too. I don't get it, but I think Joe Jonas is hot. Um, mm. Yeah. And then Sophie Turner is so fun and funny and I love that they're fun and funny. I love that he dated Gigi Hadid before her. Like, for some reason, I just find that a funny person to go to after yeah. Gigi Hadid. Like, just this British girl who just vapes and, like, never wears makeup and just wears Doc Martens. Yeah, and, like, sweatpants, and it's hilarious. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. No, I'm really into it. And it looks like there's a lot of celebrities there. Yeah, well, did you know Dr. Phil gave away their wedding date? (laughs) What? (laughs) Literally. So they posted a photo in Paris last weekend, this time last week, and it was them kissing under the Eiffel Tower. And Dr. Phil goes, "Uh, easy now, ha. Or like, easy now, one week to go, ha, see you at the wedding. Oh, my God. Dr. Phil. Like, like not even subtle. today, last week, yeah. And why is he even... Invited? Invited. I like, know. why does he know? I know. He's going, yeah. See you at the wedding. That is so insane. Okay, and this is the same weekend as Zoe Kravitz's wedding, and I'm really curious, but I haven't done my research, if there's, like, any people who would have been invited to both and had to decide. Like, surely Maybe in that Dr. orbit. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil invited to both? Because yeah. Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson, all of the Big Little Lies cast, obviously Lisa Bonet. Oh, okay. Lisa Bonet, Jason Momoa. This is a stretch. What? <laughs> Zoe Kravitz's stepfather mm. was also in Game of Thrones. So maybe oh, there's Cal like Virgo. some sort of Game of Thrones. Yeah, maybe yeah. there's some sort of Game of Thrones crossover. And Eddie Redmayne was invited to Zoe Kravitz's wedding. Oh, because of Harry because Potter. Of, thing. Yeah. Love. I know. So now I'm just desperate to find out. I think Zoe Kravitz is like the most beautiful woman in the world. It's outrageous looking at pictures of her. Like it's it's almost sickening mm. how beautiful she is. And her like rehearsal dinner outfit was just insane and would look so, so horrible on any other person. Yes. Like bike shorts and a crop top with like a netted fringing. Yeah, white. Dress over the top. <laughs> and she just looks incredible. Imagine me wearing yeah. that. <laughs> just imagine it. I'm so pasty. I got so burnt today. I look like a fucking, I don't know, what? red apple. <laughs> I can't wait to see her wedding dress. It's going to be so cool. Mm, it's going to be very, don't you reckon, like a slip, but like a cool. Yeah, it'll be like number. a slip or it'll be something really rogue that we're like, what? But then we're like, okay, that's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. <laughs> I think Abby Lee Kershaw went. Oh, it's so good. When I see these celebrity weddings, I'm like, I want to become famous and have a famous wedding. Mm, yeah, but how annoying would it be? Like all those paparazzi everywhere getting photos of you and putting them all over the internet before you've even shared one. Like the first photo of her yeah, entire wedding true. is that drone shot. Yeah. <laughs> and their um, dog wore a suit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was really cute. Is that their pet dog? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm really into that. Um, I also, the husky. Yeah. <laughs> I also really want to talk about um, something that I know, Grace, you don't care about, which is really upsetting to me. But The Hills, <laughs> New Beginnings, Fill started me. last week. So, Grace, I'm when I met her, curious. she had never seen one episode of The Hills. So obviously um, I forced her to get drunk and watch like as much of the hills as humanly possible with me. Um, I can't remember where we really got to, but you know who like Justin Bobby is. Yeah, we really ripped through quite a few seasons. I feel like it was on in the background every single time we did anything from the months January through September of 2016. And weren't we illegally streaming it before we realized that it was on Stan? (laughs) 
Yahoo using like Project Free TV, like the most <laughs> and having website. and we couldn't even see anything. Remember, it was so fuzzy. <laughs> it was like one pixel, and it yeah. was like 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 the link was like xxxxj question mark hyphen the hills. Yeah, and then we realized it was on Stan. Then you you pay for a Stan membership. <laughs> Wanted yeah. to die. <laughs> anyway, so the hills new beginning has started. New beginnings have started, um, and so. Everyone's back, and then just Misha Barden's in it. Yeah, so I'm really never in it. Yeah, I'm really into that like random addition. Like, I kind of understand it. And I remember hearing someone say that Misha Barton had been like, Oh, I never got a chance to watch the original Hills because I was so busy with the OC, but the Hills came out like four years before the OC started filming or something. Oh There's like God. some hilarious thing where it makes no sense that that's like true. as if, as well, like as if you wouldn't watch it. Also, the restaurant that Justin, Bobby, and Audrina went to on this week's episode is on my block. I walked past it yesterday. And do you think they filmed everything like a few months ago? I feel like they would have filmed it. I think apparently they filmed it once and then they had to refilm it because it was so bad. <laughs> so Well, I think it was really interesting to watch The Hills when I did, which was years later, because it looked so innocent and like... It was like primitive reality TV, like mm. before the Kardashians came and like live streamed their births and yeah. like <laughs> all that shit. It was like, oh, my boyfriend's late for my birthday dinner. I'm mm. so upset. Mm. And then he was like, I'm sorry. And she was like, it's fine. And that, that was like a whole happened. episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that again. Um, but it's so funny how quickly, like, A, Justin Bobby is still just perfect. He's just the worst man I'm, on earth and you just love him. Yeah, like, he, he sucks, but he's so hot. Yeah. He's like the quintessential bad boy. Yeah, and then even like as Audrina is talking to someone else, she was like, whoever else it was, I think it was Steph or someone, she was like, you know, um, Justin and Brody are surfing right now, right? And then she was like, isn't, is Justin a really good surfer? And Audrina was just like, oh, yeah, he used to compete when he was younger. Like, he's really, really, really good. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's then, perfect. Yeah. Is Brady Jenner in it still? Yeah, it's he's awesome. in it. I think he's in it wow. because um, I feel like his wife maybe wanted him to go in it because she's in it now. Right. Mm. Interesting. But Lauren Conrad isn't in it. No, she's not in it. She was always kind of like, like couldn't be bothered with all the drama. <laughs> she was always just too normal for it. Yep, so Heidi and Spencer, I remember this shows how little I knew about the whole situation because in the early Heidi and Spencer days, I was like, I think they're cute together. And you were like, no. No. <laughs> actually, You're the only person on planet Earth that thinks that. I know. It's actually kind of strange because they actually weirdly are. Like they've just been together for so long now that it's like, well, I guess if you just love each other. They're kind of perfect for each other in yeah. their own insane ways. Yeah. Um. So that was great. And also Justin Bobby rides um, motorcycles. Mm. I saw him at the standard once in LA and I like freaked out and lost. This is like five years ago. I freaked out and lost my absolute mind. And my boyfriend at the time was like, what is happening to you right now? Like I, I was actually just like, oh, my You're frosting God. At the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just want to know if their relationship is real or fake. I'm guessing fake. Who's his and uh, Audrina pretending mm. and him pretending to be back mm. together now? Mm. That's sort crazy. Of, yeah. yeah, I know, 10 years later. It's literally 10 years. That's so insane. She's like a child and stuff. Yeah, and within like two seconds of the being at the restaurant, I was like, oh, my God, they're in love. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Um, Can you also tell me about the Kardashian special? Because I like couldn't figure out how to watch it here, but I obviously read a lot about it. Yeah, so they finally aired what happened with Jordan Woods. But I feel like the funny thing is, is they gave so much away in the trailers and the teasers that when you actually watch the episode, nothing really happens. Um, um, so basically, yeah, they find out and then you kind of just see that Jordan's full of shit. You just see that, like, right. she was lying and digging a hole and, like, wanting to pretend it didn't happen and then had to admit that it did. And you can just see, like, it looks really bad for her. Right. And then there's another one. Oh, there's another one that would have just aired tonight. The two part. <laughs> the second part. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they've got to have something else in the bag. I, that's what I was thinking when I was reading everything about it. I was like, oh, this isn't enough for the Kardashians for it to be mm. red hot and juicy. We need something else. Um, and then the other thing that I've been into this week, it's been a very highbrow week for me, is um, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> I will always watch a Real Housewives if it's on TV. Like, I don't care which one it is. I just will always love it. So have you watched all of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? No, I haven't watched any Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I've only watched the Australian ones and then, like, rogue episodes of Atlanta or New York New York or Beverly Hills or wherever okay. on occasion. Mm-hmm. I just watched the whole first season. Is it Lisa Rinna and Yolanda Hadid? Is that Beverly Hills? Yeah, Yolanda Hadid's in it. I, I, don't, I don't think that Lisa one's in it yet, but Lisa Vanderpump's in it, and she's a legend. Okay. She's a living legend, and her three restaurants are around here, so I'm going to go and stalk her. I've been to one because when I was here in L.A. like four or five years ago, my friend's like, we have to go to – what's her first name? Lisa. Lisa, Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant. And I was like, what? And we went and they were filming an episode there and they were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I had no idea what it was until like years later. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my American roommate was saying. I was like, do you think if I said I love you, she would be like, fuck off? And she was like, yes. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. What have you been into this week? Um, I've been weirdly, I've had this like, I've been trying to break my contract with Audible for literally like four years. Like, I just, oh my god, I know! <laughs> I realized that I was paying for like six months, and I had no idea. And it's so expensive. It's like yeah. sixteen, seventeen dollars a found month. That like, out like two months ago, and I've never, ever, ever even used it. I just used it once to get a free same. book, and then I think I must have signed up. <laughs> Same. I did the exact same thing where I signed up to listen to, to listen to this stupid fucking podcast called West Cork like four years ago oh, and now I just to be... listen to the Michelle Obama book that I owned and I just wanted to listen as well <laughs> and I paid like $84 for that book in, pod, in like podcast form literally I've paid $16 a month for like literally four years or something now and I was like I'm finally after all these years of trying gonna break my breakup with audible like I don't care what it takes I'm gonna do it and then I went to cancel my membership and it was like are you sure you have six book credits left and I was like oh (laughs) and I started using it for the first time ever and now I'm addicted to audible and love it oh my god because like what I've discovered is for books like non-fiction books because books are expensive obviously mm-hmm. for non-fiction books I've wanted to read it's like actually the perfect way to listen to them because you can just li- it's like a listening to a podcast I yes. think for fiction it's kind <laughs> you of I don't know weird. how you I know I never actually thought about what Audible could offer <laughs> you defining with it. defining audiobooks it's like reading but listening to a podcast but 
in your ears and someone's reading it out. Mm-hmm. But um, I because th- because I've always thought listening to someone read out a fiction book would be weird, and I still stand by that. But for some reason, like I wouldn't want to listen to someone reading out normal people in my ears. Yeah, yeah. But like a book of essays, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's what a podcast would be anyway, if that makes sense. So I'm list- I'm nearly finished the John Carreyu book about Elizabeth Holmes, Bad Blood. Because mm, I wanted I wanted to buy that for ages and I was like, oh, I'm so sick of spending like $30 on books. And I had six credits from all the time I'd spent paying for fucking things. So it's for free. It's so good. I'm nearly finished with it. It just reminded me of how insane she is. Like some of the stuff is so crazy. Like for her 30th birthday, they had this like intimate dinner and one of the like intimate thing at the board member's house and he made his grandson write a song for her and play it on his guitar. And the grandson was like, I literally just wanted to die. Like I had to like sing about like the Theranos motto and about like collecting blood and changing the future. And then Henry Kissinger came in and read out a limerick he'd written about her. And we all had to sit in a circle and like perform these things to her. And she sat in the middle of the circle. Oh my God. Her 30th birthday. And everyone there was like a 90 year old white man who was on her board. There's some happens a bit in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where they'll have parties and then they will literally have a band that, like this woman for her daughter's fourth birthday had um, a band come and write a song for her daughter Taylor and sing it to her and then she was That's like so- you're beautiful just like your mum with the lyrics <laughs> and her mum had done like a full blonde photo shoot beforehand she, got, she hired a photographer for the kid's birthday and then got all these photos of herself and the kids said no to any photos that's amazing yeah there's something yeah there's something about the way Californian people do things that freaks me out yeah they're crazy yeah there's a special level of crazy that's like reserved for California Mm -hmm. but um I also have been watching and reading a lot about the um primary I was gonna ask you about this yes it's so interesting I watched the there's was two debates I watched the second debate last night which is the one that had Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and it was so good it's so interesting I'm so interested to see who's going to win it it's going to be crazy there's so many good candidates who do you think I, will I, th- I really want it to be Kamala Harris I w- at first I wasn't that sure about her like not not sure about her I just didn't know that much about her and she just smashed that debate so hard like she was so good she was so to the point and spoke so well and was so she's just commanding like you just wanted to like you just said that Arden yeah but like she's 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 more kind of like not more powerful than Jacinda, but you know how Jacinda's so, like, lovely. No, but she's you have to hear Jacinda like... when, like, someone's asking her hard questions. She's, like, the opposite. Yes, it's crazy. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, right. Just, yeah, you're like, what? You just baked a fucking rabbit cake for your daughter and then yeah. <laughs> you're doing this? <laughs> Going after it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And she, um, Harris, went after Joe Biden on a race issue and, like, really flustered him. Like, I think he wasn't expecting it. And she just was amazing but I also love Mayor Pete I want them both to be on the ticket and to smash Trump Mm. but yeah it was really fascinating but it's just so crazy the questions they have to answer like one of the questions posed to them all was what will you do about immigration issues on the border 
when you become president. And they're like, first thing we're going to do is take children out of cages. And everyone was like, woo, and clapping. And I was like, this is just so insane that this is literally how bad things have gotten. Yeah, it's so sad. They're cheering someone. It's just, it's like insane. Like apparently at the moment they were saying in the debate that Trump is literally arguing in court with like federal judges about whether or not he legally has to provide children who are in these cages with blankets, toothbrushes, mattresses, pillows, like how much legally the government has to give. Yeah, it's so horrible. And now he's made it so bad. So like his plan is literally to make it so bad that the the people who come to the border seeking asylum have to wait like three months for them to even, their cases to even be looked at. And that's why this, it's, have you seen that horrible photo that was circulating earlier this week? The, and if you haven't, please don't look at it. It's so sad. But it's this mm. um, man and his daughter, and they were trying to cross across a river to get to America because they were turned away at the border and realized it was going to take them months to get anywhere. And I think they'd walked like 1,600 kilometers. And they got there, and he tried to cross the river, and then he had his daughter on his legs, and... They got swept over the current and then the photo is them lying face down on the side of the riverbank in the mud and she's still got her arms around him. Uh, I think I did see that. I think yeah. Beto O'Rourke shared it. So disgraceful. It's just crazy. Someone just needs that. That's why I'm so invested in these primaries because I'm just like someone needs to beat him next time. Like I'm really scared that he's going to win again. I feel like he will, yeah. I feel like he will too. And the damage he's doing is so like even if you get – that's what they're talking about in the primary thing. It's like, even if you get in, you're going to spend so much of your term as president trying to undo all the crazy shit that he did. Mm. Like you won't even be able to get to do any of the shit you want to do. Cause you're just going to be trying to like make peace with NATO, join the Paris accord again, like stop the war with not Iran. Be best friends with Russia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's just, Oh my God. It's so much to deal with. And I also loved that um, five part series on the daily about Europe that they did oh, I about the listened. future of Europe. It's really good. They did. Um, it's this uh, German New York Times reporter, and she went around to five. She went to Italy, Germany, France, Poland, and I think it was just those four to look at how basically how the like kind of quote unquote Trump effect is happening in all these different countries, and it's it's really scary. It's actually the first time I've listened to something and been like. Shit is really bad at the moment in the world. Well, yeah. Like, Trump almost started a war with Iran the other day. And no one, it doesn't even go anywhere. Like, we're not even talking about the, that. <laughs> it's yeah, nuts. it's like, can't keep up with the craziness of it. And it's this whole thing of there being, like, a right-wing person who's anti-immigration and, like, pro not letting anyone in and pro keeping, like, jobs for like keeping our jobs and not letting different races come in and destroy our culture and blah, blah, blah. Like this whole rhetoric that Trump's doing and kind of happened in England with Brexit. It's happening in every single country in Europe in a different way. Like in Poland, I didn't realize this. They elected a nationalist government like four years ago and shit happens. Like they have a newspaper there that is considered a liberal newspaper because it talks about like, gay rights and stuff like that and a group of fundamentalist christians have camped outside the newspaper and performed exorcisms on the newspaper building where it's like a hundred of them chanting like like oh, get the devil's spirits of pro-islam 
day out of this building. So people are there just trying to do their job and write news articles. And there's like a mob of Christians outside chanting religious prayers. Oh, my God. At their building. And recently a mayor. It's a good case in- for working at home. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, we're going to go freelance. Can't come um, in, no, just like can't come to work today. Mobs of Christians doing exorcisms at my work. Can you imagine? It's mm. just so insane. And then there was a mayor who in Gdansk, G-D-A-N-S-K, who um, did a uh, – he was quite conservative at anti-gay rights and then he changed his tune and was like, no, this is wrong, and he – walked in the Pride Festival because he became really passionate about supporting gay rights and he got stabbed to death on stage like a week later. Oh, my God. When did this happen? Like January. (laughs) I was like, why was no one ever alerted to that fact outside of Poland? It's just crazy. This shit's happening everywhere. It freaks me out. I need to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And that's everything, basically. Oh, wait, no, there was a really good, sorry, there was a really good article on The Cut about um, how Democrats are failing to call out the bad men in their party and how it's going to, like, not give them a leg to stand on when it comes to criticising Trump because they're not dealing with their own bad guys, basically. Biden. <laughs> yeah, like Biden, and then there was a guy who has been accused of heaps of women of doing crazy stuff and, mm. like, heaps of people on him to resign and he's just been like, no, and everyone was like, okay, and well, he's just still there. While we're um, talking about the cut, I was trying to avoid any of their recommendations this week because <laughs> I feel like we're literally, like, a cut rip-off podcast. But no. just then, while I was waiting um, up until the early hours of the morning, I was reading a story called Before and After the Jogger Survivors of the Real Central Park Five Attacker Speak for the First Time. And it's like, uh, yeah, and it's all the women who were attacked by him or if they were killed, it's the family members speaking. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like the most intense story. It's, re- it's You read it as if it's every bit as a little essay. Right. Um. So the first one was... June 14th 1989 and it's talking all about like how they were excited because she was pregnant and they were going to have another baby and then um it's her son who talks about this like he heard the knock at the door and he opened the door and the guy came in (gasps) and the mum was like run and get into the bedroom like it's it's horrible it's so sad oh my god yeah but it's talking all about how like the conversation is always surrounding the like the case of the Central Park Five, which is obviously really a real huge injustice, and that's why we're focusing on it. But we're not focusing on like all of the victim stories have been lost. And yeah, absolutely. so many victims. And the fact, I had no idea how many yeah. victims there were. It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that they only that that the prosecutors only focus on these five guys and wrongfully imprisoned these young black men also meant that this rapist was free to assault more women because mm. they didn't do their job properly. Like it was like two sets of injustices, like all the future victims yeah, and, and past when you, victims um, plus them. And when you read through this, there was like right at the start, a woman was abused, but he didn't kill her. And she said that he had, I don't know, she escaped or something like that. And she said he had a scar here and that he was Latino American. And um, they looked up hospital records and, and it was the exact guy who later mm. came out from prison and said he did it and they didn't investigate. They didn't even call him in. 
Yeah, and he attacked a woman like in a, a convenience store or something, like really, really recently before the woman in Central Park and really close by. It was like mm. so so obvious how narrow-minded the police had been in their investigation when you realised how obvious it was it was him. Yeah, and I guess I haven't watched the whole of the Netflix documentary, but um, I, I thought it was one woman who died in Central Park. I didn't know there were multiple, multiple women. Who were attacked? Yeah, and she, she didn't die as well. She nearly did, but she survived. Oh my god, it's crazy. I yeah. know it's so awful. Oh, so much to be depressed about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, off the back of the fact that it is currently two a.m., did you know that it is literally impossible to catch up on sleep? What? <laughs> like, if you stay up late all week and only get, say, five hours sleep a night, which will be me now, sleeping on the weekend isn't making up those hours. So we're just going to be tired forever, basically. Yeah, well, I am. Um, but because I'm obsessed with my bed, I've been doing anything possible to spend more time there. Tell me more. Well, i got this weird desk thing, so I can just work from bed. And your new sheets. Yes, I'm so obsessed with these Attitude sheets. Because they're made from bamboo. I didn't realise they were also incredibly soft. Me too. They're ridiculously soft and look so good. I thought my shoe addiction was an issue, but now it's gone to homewares and sheets. I know. We can never go back now. Never. Thank you so much to Attitude for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks and for opening our eyes to how lush bed sheets can really be. To try them out for yourself, enter After Work Drinks at the checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Attitude. So last Friday on June 21st, Al's advice columnist Eugene Carroll, who's been a respected New York journalist for decades, accused Trump of the most serious allegation to date, writing that she had a chance encounter with him at an upscale department store. She says Trump recognized her and asked her to help him pick out a gift for a woman. They ended up in the dressing room where she alleges Trump pushed her against the wall, pulled her tights down and raped her. And basically we covered this a little bit last week, but that was literally the day after the allegations had come out so we kind of assumed there'd be a very different response to them even though you did point out grace that you were surprised already at the lack of media attention it had received yeah it was really interesting in the aftermath because it kind of just seemed to fizzle out completely and i like kind of note i think we kind of noticed it in the fact that we noticed it wasn't getting lots of traction but i didn't I guess, initially noticed that other people were noticing it, if that makes sense. So there was a few articles like four or five days later that started being like, why aren't more people talking about this? So I think like The Atlantic and Media Matters both Mm. did stories saying, why was it that like the Washington Post, the LA Times, the New York Times, the... Chicago Tribune, like basically all the major newspapers in America didn't have it anywhere on their front page the next day. The New York Times initially put it in their books section. It just didn't get any. The New York Post um, published it and then took it down a few hours later. Yeah, because it was an excerpt from an upcoming memoir. Um, So basically the story became less about E.G. and Carol's accusations and more about why everyone handled it so badly. Yeah, and and some people were saying it was due to political reasons. Like that's what um, media matters are alleging was the deal with the New York Post um, because the 
former publisher who still like has a say over everything they post is an avid Trump supporter and wears a fucking mega hat. Um, oh God. Yeah, and then others are saying it's because so the New York Times said it was because usually with stories like as serious as that they do their own investigation behind it they wouldn't just republish something without re- like they rechecked her to uh witnesses but they didn't find anyone else to corroborate the story so they were sort of said they were being careful in that manner um but then the atlantic was calling it media fatigue where instead of her eugene carroll being the 22nd person to accuse Trump of sexual misconduct, instead of that being kind of a snowball effect like it was with Weinstein, it's sort of become the complete opposite, where now we're just like, oh, it's another one. Yeah, totally. And the in like to def- in the New York Times defense, part of the reason they didn't write about it straight away was because Megan Twohey, who was one of the Harvey Weinstein reporters, went and spoke to E. Jean on her own as soon as she read the report and got the women who had corroborated her story at the time to go on the record. So that was like an episode of the daily and then a story that she did. So that's why they said they were putting it off. But even then with that New York times piece, it still hasn't like set the world alight in any way. Mm, with the, and it, um, her friends coming forward. Yeah. Like the New York times did a big story mm. where they interviewed her friends on the record and they were like, okay, we're putting our weight behind E.G. and Carol. But even then no one, seems to really be discussing it yeah um i had dinner at, at a dinner party at a friend on friday night and um i got dropped home by my new great friend but she's from here and she was like what are you talking about on the podcast this week and i said eating carol and she sort of had no idea what i was talking about yeah i think there are so many things at play in this discussion and i wrote about it for l last week because at first I was just really outraged by the fact that no one seemed to care about it because it kind of suggested that, like, we've hit this point of just peak post-Me Too where something just can't break through the noise anymore and it's, like, it's no longer newsworthy because it's not new, so therefore we're not going to cover it at all. And if that's the case, that's really scary because it just means that, okay, we had this amazing thing happen for two years but then we got over it and stopped and now it's just going to potentially just go back to the way things were before because we're kind of over the novelty of it Mm. which really freaked me out but I I think there's a that can be a little bit pessimistic because I think that there's something very specific about Trump that makes this really hard because we know this about Trump like no one was surprised about it because everyone was like well yeah this is what Trump does which is just crazy which is the craziest thing ever because you think about any other world leader in the world right now or in any other, like pretty much in history being accused by several women of like full blown rape. And then the public just not caring about it is like almost beyond. It's like a black mirror episode. Mm. And then um, his reaction as well, which is just so Trump. He said um, that she's not his type, which Mm. Um, alludes to the fact that if she was his type, he would, I don't know, rape her? Like, is that what he's saying? I know. I don't get why no one asked him that in response to that, why no one was like, oh, okay, so if she was, that mm. would have been fine to rape her then. Yeah, and it's crazy as well because I was reading a piece all about his response saying that she's not his type, and the cut pointed out that in 2016 – after Jessica Lee's alleged Trump groped during a flight in the early 1980s, he responded with, believe me, she would not be my first choice, that I can tell you. 
Mm. That would not be my first choice. And it's like, well, she was sitting beside you on a plane, so you didn't actually have a choice. And yeah. Like, that's just not a thing to say. That was, she would not be my first choice of person to grope. Yeah, it's just such a gross, like, rhetoric to start for him to use that is so gross because it kind of insinuates that like sexual assault is a flirtation that goes awry or goes wrong or goes too far. Whereas actually what it is, is someone using their physical strength to overpower you and commit a violent act against you. Like it's not, it's not about like, Oh, I had a crush on her. Or I had a romantic interest in her and no, it's like um, a power I overstepped the mark. It's like, I wanted to show how big and strong I am mm. against someone because I'm a bully. And therefore I just did it against a woman that I knew I could overpower because it was a plane and I didn't think she'd say anything or because it was a department store and the department store floor was empty or because whatever it was. Exactly, yeah. That's um, why. Another piece I was reading by the journalist called Sarah Jones, she said basically the exact same thing where she said everything Trump has done up until this point has proven that it's all about power for him and being a bully. Like he doesn't – Yes. He just – and that piece is titled Trump doesn't have a type, he has prey. Um, Yeah. But also in 2015 – when he was accused of forcibly kissing a people journalist, he replied with, take a look at her, I don't think so. And he did the same thing um, when Stormy Daniels came forward with her allegations against him. And also, I just want to go back and read. And also, Stormy Daniels is the definition of his type. Eugene Carroll is the the definition of his. She's blonde and beautiful. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Um... And ooh, I, I don't know how I got into this black hole, but I somehow found a photo of. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ivanka sitting on his knee, holding his face and staring into his eyes. And then someone had put yes. up a tweet with, and they're sitting on like these weird parrots. And then um, someone had put up a tweet of all of the weird things he said about her. Yeah, he's a, he's a sicko. Mm-hmm. Um, like absolute sicko. Sorry, I'm just trying to find. I, I also just want to reread. Like, I know everyone heard of the Hollywood Access tape, but I want to read exactly what he said. He said that he took a woman furniture shopping and then says he, this is a direct quote, Moved on her like a bitch. I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. When you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. 
Yeah, he literally exactly. said that with his own mouth, grabbed them by the pussy, and then E.G. and Carol is saying that he literally grabbed her and pulled her tights down. And yeah, was, and, and that, his hands up her skirt. And that I don't even do anything, I just start kissing them. Like, exactly what he, and <laughs> yeah. furniture shopping, they were lingerie shopping. Yeah. Like, it's just, and the thing that I think about, like, there have been questions about Eugene's credibility because um, this allegation is in a book that she's trying to make. Like she's trying to sell a book and people think that it's like a quick fire job that she's doing. And I think one of the many reasons that we believe her and think her story is authentic is because the way she talks about it, especially in that The Daily Story where they spoke to her, it just feels so in line with how women actually react when these things happen. Mm-hmm. Like she was laughing. 100%. She called her friend and was laughing and she was like, you'll never guess what happened. And as she was telling her story, her friend was like, no, 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 like, that's really bad. That's yeah, like sexual definitely assault. in shock. No. Like you run outside, yeah. I'll call you in shock and be like, ha, 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 the funniest thing. And, just, and you, you start by wanting to believe it was a funny thing, so you say it and then and because she was like, I just feel like it's what we would do if you bumped into, I'm trying to think of who a really famous figure equivalent could be. It's just not but, name a name, but someone. But, but, but someone who was, yeah, like who – was super 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 famous in your city you're an advice columnist you're like a journalist you move in those circles you'd be like this is a fucking great story to tell people at a dinner party i bumped into donald trump in bergdorf's and i helped him shop for lingerie for his mistress like Mm. and you're just having chatty banter and back and forth and jokey and flirty and kind of thinking this is what what a new york moment kind of thing yeah and then all of a sudden it just takes one minute for things to flip and then she just said she left and while she was talking to her friend she was like no 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 you don't get it like I agreed to go in the like changing room with him no 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 you don't get it like I was being really flirtatious no 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 you don't get it he just misread the situation and then it took her like 10 minutes and then talking to a second friend to be like oh holy shit this was like really traumatic Mm. that all just made me think this is this is true because you wouldn't break down crying and hysterical and you wouldn't run to the police and you wouldn't do all the things that people think a woman would do. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's that's kind of the, a really huge important factor in this story is that it's is like the kind of murky stories we need to hear and that victims need to hear to realise that how they feel and like no matter how late they come forward that their story is valid, that they're going to be believed, but it's like instead the opposite thing's happening. Totally. And I think this story is really great because I think it's a good opportunity to kind of reassess where we want to go after Me Too, because it's like, if this represents what the future of media coverage and the future of believing victims is, if it's going to be that, okay, yes, we've dealt with this, we've done this, this is over now, we're sick of hearing about it, that's in the past, we're not going to bother covering it, then we're fucked because nothing has really like, it's not that nothing has changed post-Me Too, but I don't think there's been a major shift in the way men and women relate to each other mm. enough to say, okay, it's over now, we're not going to deal with stuff that happened in the past anymore. It's like, where do we want to go with it to make sure shit actually permanently changes? I don't know. Like, Aziz Ansari posters are all over Sydney at the moment because he's got two sellout shows at the Opera House. And mm. I'm not against him performing at all, but it's just interesting, like... The dust is settled. You know what I mean? And it's like everything's kind of going back to equilibrium now. It's like what's going to happen. And babe.net's going under. Oh, yeah. That was amazing in the cut, actually. Did you read that? Yeah. So interesting. So basically, like, 
babe.net break that Aziz Ansari story and then after they broke it, all the employees realised that they were being, like, sexually harassed by their own bosses and started, like, a... So crazy. Against yeah. them. It's the craziest story. Those startup culture places are just dodgy as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. They actually are. Theranos as well, listening to that thing, it's, like, just bad. Yeah. You just get one crazy person, it becomes, like, a cult. Yeah, exactly. And no one knows how to say no or to do anything because it's, like... Everyone who works there is 25 and has no idea. Mm-hmm. In summary, I love Angie and Carol. Yeah, she's great. She's such a great, like I was reading, so in the New York Times piece, they did a profile on her as a person and all about her early life in journalism. And she just sounds like such a cool woman. And yeah, she's, she's so just cool. straight she's to the point of no bullshit. And that's why her columns do so well. She's literally like, kick him to the curb. <laughs> Yeah, and she's not perfect as well. Like, yeah. I read a great article saying, like, E.G. and Carol isn't the perfect victim. And when she was talking to Anderson Cooper, she was like, you know, it's really complicated because I know there's this whole thing about women having, like, rape fantasies, like, sexual rape fantasies. And he was like, oh. And she was like, you know how that's a thing. And Anderson Cooper was like, uh, no, yeah, they cut I don't her know. Off. Like, yeah, they cut her off. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't personally agree that every woman has a sexual fantasy about being raped, obviously, but I just like that she's like a three-dimensional human being who has mm-hmm. some controversial views and who speaks up for herself and who like is one of those kind of old-school Nora Ephron-style yeah. New York magazine world figures. Like, mm-hmm. she's just awesome. Yeah. And it just makes me sick what's happened to her. Like, sh- she's tough and she can obviously handle it, but, like, we are so lucky that we are in this era and not that era. Yeah, she's tough and she can handle it, but, like, she's never had sex again since that incident. So it's like, yeah. I feel like, and all her friends were saying that this is the E-Gene, like, the E-Gene we saw on that um, in that interview show. Like, that's what she does. She deflects and she jokes and she makes light of situations and she, like, kind of says that she was to blame and, and does everything else other than, like, she said, I read a really good thing. Um, I think it was, what was it? I think the New York Times times or maybe the guardian asked her why she doesn't want to call what happened rape and she said mm. and they said do you get upset when other people call it rape and she was like no not at all because when it's when be- women come to me for advice i have no trouble saying darling it's rape get out like you mm. you've been abused go to the police but when it's myself it's a different story so she's basically saying mm. she still can't like i think she puts on this really tough facade you know, just to not have to deal with anything. Yeah, and right. She was like, so like, yeah, I just, I love like everything about her. Same. She's so cool. And I just like, I, I think something me and Izzy are really passionate about is that like, we know that you can get fatigue and you can get bored of hearing the same stories. We get bored of talking about this stuff over and over again. Like we get that you've heard it all before and you've experienced it yourself and you kind of get like emotionally exhausted having to deal with constantly talking about this but the problem is that the second we stop talking about it and let it drop out of the conversation people want to not people want to not have to think about it you know like we have to be constantly reminding people how prevalent this is and keep it in the conversation because otherwise it's just going to be swept under the rug and it's going to take 10 20 25 more years before something massive happens again and we have this conversation again and we think fuck why did nothing change the last time we had this conversation you know like you got to keep the beacon going mm-hmm. we need to be more angry and i feel like me and you still are so that's good yeah 
two angry women. You can women. always count on us. Yeah. Two angry girls. Um, to finish off, we had a GP reach out wanting to clarify um, the pap smear discussion we had on last week's episode. So she said she spends a lot of time updating women about the recent changes from two yearly pap smears to five years, like from having to get it every two years to having to get it every five mm. years. Um, is not due to government funding legal changes, but it is due to advances in technology, which now allows for more accurate testing. And she's just saying basically that she doesn't want women to freak out and think that five years isn't enough, but she's just saying women should chat to their GP to see if they may benefit from early or more frequent testing, but that the five yearly testing should be fine. Cool. I think maybe we were, I don't know. Good update. Thank what, you. What are we doing? What's that word when you're like freaking people out? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were being WebMD. Yeah. Cool. And then secondly, um, just letting you all know that I'm going to faint from tiredness and die now. So this is probably the last episode of After It Drinks because now you'll have a solo host. Should we talk Next to Next week we're going to have like a funeral episode. We're going to have like a, a eulogy series. Yes. 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 Please play some of Homecoming in it, which I watched again on Friday night and I had the best time of my life. Homecoming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. That would be so random. There's some sad thinking, songs in there. I was thinking of that Julia Roberts show. Is that even called Homecoming? Oh, yeah, What's it that is. Called? You can play something with mm. her in it as well. <laughs> Perfect. I'll play an excerpt from this random, like, Julia Roberts podcast? drop. Podcast? Yeah. It's literally a podcast, podcast with Ross Geller before it was the show. No. It's the same thing. I cannot stand David Schwimmer. I know. I don't know why. It's so unfair. Okay. Good night, everybody. Hey, everyone. Rate, review, subscribe, and potentially see you again if I'm not dead from the tiredness. Bye. 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 This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.